This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit subscribe, share this with your team, and let's join Pastor Brandon Stewart for another vital conversation for all of us who lead from the middle. Welcome back to season four of the Leading Second podcast today for a very special episode. Uh, my name is Brandon Stewart, and my wife Lindsay and I have the incredible honor of leading this tribe of uncommon church leaders. If, if you lead from the middle in your church team or in any capacity, Leading Second is for you. So um, welcome to this space. So glad you're here. And actually for today, a little treat. I am joined right from the beginning uh, with Pastor Larry Bry uh, from Elevation Church. Welcome back, my friend. How are you doing, Brandon? Hey, so good to see you. Thanks for jumping on here today uh, for a special conversation. Well, anytime I get a chance to talk to you, it's like it's like Christmas. It's uh, it's Christmas and birthday all wrapped into one. Because I mean, how often do I get a chance to talk to you? <laughs> this is all we ever do anymore, I think. Uh, but hey, you're 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 looking good. No, not looking a day over twenty nine. That's what we decided earlier. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I, I'm going to pay you for that. So. Anybody who wants to drop a nice comment into the feed, I'll send you 20 bucks, or at least Brandon will. It'd be, it'd be uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I asked Pastor Larry to join us uh, because today is a very special 100th episode of our podcast. I can't even believe we, we started this as like an experiment, you know, um, what, what's it been a couple years ago now? And um, honestly, I don't even know that I, I saw 100. So I'm just really glad to be here and doing this still. Glad it's helping. Anybody who does something great's got a big vision, but you can't see beyond like the next step. Absolutely. You and Lindsay taking step 100 today. I mean, triple digits, man, we honor you. Thank you for yeah. the sacrifices, the, the, the sleepless nights because of all those battles you've been fighting. You're creating a space for others like, like me, like us to walk into the presence of God, to grow stronger in our faith. And being cursed. So, man, we honor you. Thank you for your faithfulness and what you've done for all these years. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'll tell you who we ought to be thanking is my editor. I've had one editor this entire time, and I can't even, you know, we're, we're a lot more organized now, but there were some days like he got it really last minute, the files from me for, for the episode. So that's probably who we actually should be thanking. I do want to say thank you to our whole team. We have a team of, of I think it's, you know, five or six um, seven team members now that, that serve as volunteers on this team. So thank you to everyone who's come alongside before we get into our conversations today, though, we actually have a very special announcement to make and I saved it for episode a hundred, um, little bit of a dream come true for me, uh, with leading second. And that is this, we are excited, uh, to announce our first, what we're calling leading second camp. And I couldn't be more excited about it. Our first in-person event uh, that we're, we're going to invite leaders from all over North America uh, to join us for. Um, Leading Second Camp is going to be happening on Thursday, March 3rd, 2022 in Austin, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is an event for executive pastors, campus pastors, and lead team members. So if you lead at an executive level in your church, then this day is for you. And um, Larry, you're going to be there speaking. I, thank you for accepting our invitation, I guess, to join us for the event. And maybe tell us a little bit why you're excited to be a part of this. Well, I, I think two reasons. One would be very, very personal because... Um, there's not a lot of spaces and places that have been able to speak to the second year leadership. And I think one of my biggest struggles in the 15 years of ministry of elevation is finding sources of encouragement that could speak to my seat on the bus, right? Because there's a lot of stuff geared for the lead pastor, which it needs to be, but there's not a lot for that second year leader. And you've kind of filled the gap. So personally, like, man, what I have craved my whole leadership is fun to be able to give to somebody else. I think that's one level. But then there's a the second level of just kind of dreaming with you. I remember when you came to Charlotte, I don't know, what's that, five years ago? We went and had like tacos 
And you were just kind of pouring out your heart for what you wanted leading second to be. And you just kind of mentioned and almost like a, like an afterthought, like, man, maybe one day we could do this event kind of thing. And to see your faithfulness over all these years and all the sacrifice that you have sown to be able to create this thing, um, it, it's a promise that's being fulfilled. And so to be able to be a part of that journey in a small way with you is, man, what a blessing it is for me to see that happen in your faithfulness in your life, Brandon. Well, thank you for those words and thank you for joining us. I'm, I couldn't be more excited. My first picture I ever had in my mind about Leading Second was, was an event. And I knew it wouldn't be the thing we started with, but I knew we'd get to this point. I'll tell you this about the event. It's going to have limited spaces. This is not going to be a big event. This is going to be an intimate event. Um, and you're going to want to register as soon as registration is open uh, for the event. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, a lot about our seat on the bus, as Pastor Larry just mentioned. And we're going to really be talking about how we earn and expand our authority. Uh, because even though we all serve and lead at a second chair or executive level, uh, we have leadership responsibility and leadership call in our lives. And we're going to talk about how to cultivate that and expand that for our pastors and ultimately get it right for our pastors, but lead for the glory of God in this season and, and build churches that are, that are, um, you know, that are honoring God in the season. So, cause what I picture this event being is really an overflow of kind of years in my, our conversations. Yeah, exactly. For me, one of the things I've valued about your friendship is just an honest space to talk about the real humanity, but also have somebody who loves God enough and is ground enough to point to a greater truth in it all. And so I love the fact that we're going to create a space that doesn't pretend like we got it all together. And if you just trust God, your hair is going to grow back and you'll be six foot three and you'll have you know, an extra 50,000 in your bank account. That's just, right. there, there's a fairy tale faith that often gets shared that's really demoralizing. Right. And sometimes I hear go to events and I walk away discouraged because they're living in platitudes that aren't real life. Every conversation I've had with you has been grounded in the truth of the gospel, but also the reality of the world we walk in. And we can hold both those truths in tension. And to create a space that we can bring both those to the table, that's what I'm really excited about for us. To awesome. Do well said. Well, Leading Second Camp, March 3rd, 2022, Austin, Texas. Um, there will be no place like that place anywhere around that place on that day. I'm just believing for God to do something really special. So someone needs to sign up early is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. You better <laughs> register early. Introducing Leading Second Camp, from the second chair for the second chair, featuring Brandon Stewart and Larry Bry. Leading Second Camp is March 3rd, 2022 in Austin, Texas. Registrations open November 11th. You can register at leadingsecond.com forward slash camp. Spots are limited. We'll see you at Leading Second Camp. Well, for episode 100 today, uh, Larry, I thought we could have a really valuable conversation about something. It's actually something that God uh, dropped in my heart just about a week or two ago. Um, I was on a call with a young leader, and as this leader was talking, it, this 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 hit me, and I knew this was the episode I wanted to talk about this on, and you were the one I wanted to talk about this with. Uh, today, I want to have a conversation on cultivating your calling, cultivating your calling, and, and one of the challenges I see right now as I look across the ministry landscape is I, my heart is broken, in fact, that I see too many young leaders, too many ministry leaders who are experiencing discontentment in their calling, that signed up to serve God, be used powerfully by him, you know, build his church, but somewhere along the way, weeds got into the mix and we end up discontent in the very thing God's called us to do. I think also uh, to give our, our conversation a roadmap, you know, I want to talk about calling because um, we all have a calling on our lives as believers um, that is very explicit in God's word. And then we all have a very unique calling on our lives as very individual. And how do we navigate the distance between those two things? I wanted to 
cover some of that with you today, Larry. And I think, first of all, I wanted to hear from you. Um, when did you feel called into ministry? Like what, what did that calling feel or look like in your life? Even, you know, if I were to go back 15 years ago, hearing that question, I wouldn't have even known what you're talking about. Sure. And I think sometimes I remember what it was like getting into for my first Christian circles and just kind of going along with the lingo because I had to pretend you have to fake it till you make it. And I wonder how many of us have been caught up in a sea of, of language that we don't even know what we're describing. So when we use terms like calling, I wonder how much of it is just perpetuating insecurity because we really don't want to stop and say, now what actually is calling? Because I didn't, I grew up, man, honestly, first time I, I got drunk, I was five. First keg party I threw, I was 11. I paid for college one red solo cup at a time. I was wow. really good at sinning. But the seeds of calling were displayed in that behavior. I've always wow. been able to move a crowd. Now, mm. the calling of God was introduced in my life that says, hey, what direction are you leading them? And so when right. you really, really understand the gift, I can use it in any environment you want to drop me in. So the calling is to influence the community to run after God. I wouldn't have been able to describe it like that 15 years ago. But I think there's this thing of calling being, okay, I guess I got to go to this school and do this thing. And then once I get the job, then I'm operating in my calling. No, I think we've got such a shallow view of what calling actually is. Right. We use that language a lot, but are leaders in ministry called? I mean, I think we, I think we see it in scripture, but let's just maybe make it a little plain. Like what does calling look like in the life of a leader? at the beginning of their ministry journey? What, cause, cause there's, there's, there's terms of calling and then you've got career and then you've got job and then you've got role. And then you've got salary and you've got income and you've got title and all of those things become like mad libs that you start to interchange with each other. Mm. But the idea that mm. God called me by name to redeem me, to forgive me of all of my sins. Like, do I need any greater calling than that? To right. know that he has right. called my name. He said, Larry, you have been redeemed and you've been forgiven of your sins. And the basic way I could describe calling is to, to receive that, embrace that, but now to declare that. And whatever God puts in front of me, I'm going to de declare his goodness. That's calling. Now I've got career, some specific ways I want to apply it or specific jobs I'd like to express it. But I think I wrote it down like this. We're called to grow our ability, not wait for an opportunity. Wow. So wow. when we when we speak of discontentment, I think also often discontentment is connected to waiting for an opportunity rather than growing your ability. Mm. Well said. Well said. Here's maybe an idea I wanted to unpack with you. And then we actually have some friends who are going to join us here for a bit of a panel discussion, which I'm really excited about. But um, here's how I've seen calling, I guess, in my life is I've seen my life, first of all, as a believer, as a Christ follower, having a primary calling that is expressly uh, written in scripture, that, that I am called, first of all, to love God with all my heart, with all my soul. I'm called to, to love my neighbor. I'm called to love people. I'm called to build his church. I'm called to be planted in the church that God has called me to assigned me to in this season. Um, I've called, I've been called to show myself approved as a student of the word of God, able, able to teach and communicate the word of God. I mean, those, no matter, no matter who you are in ministry, it seems to me, those are the, the primary call, the big rocks, so to speak of each of our calling. Would you agree with that? So well said, Brandon. So that's like this, this big umbrella. Go ahead. You know, it is, it's just, it is, but 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 we want to reduce it down to because we're all narcissistic. We all start with ourselves. We're all like, what's in it for me? And and that's and that's okay. That's where humanity always begins. Yep. But I think so many times we stop there and we don't move beyond it to see the greater story that God is writing and he allows us to be a part of the journey with him. That's right. So we have like these primary this primary calling, these big rocks. But then of course we all have an individual calling that is like, like you said, a way that God is 
not just called us by name, but redeeming our story. I see God as this perfect preparer who prepares us for what he's already prepared for us. You know, good works, the Bible says, that he planned in advance for us to do. And so no doubt about it, we all have a very individual calling. So, so this is what I wanted to get to. I think you'd agree with this, but, but speak to this for a minute. Both are important, but both are necessary, but order matters in these things. Would you, would you agree with that? Totally. Um, my background is in PT sports medicine. And so out of college, I went in, I was going to go off to medical school, but then I decided to go to PT school. And so that was my background. And, but the spirit of God, I hadn't, I hadn't given my life to Christ at that point, but I saw the evidence of God's faithfulness because this, the reason why I wanted to do that was to help people. And then once I graduated from graduate school, I was teaching at a college, but I always thought I needed to be in a classroom to teach. But once I started to understand the calling of God, man, if I have one person in front of me, I can use the gift of teaching. To when you really understand the calling, you don't need an environment to express it. Because when you really understand the calling, you'll use it in every environment for his glory. And that's that's where I think that that period of discontentment comes in, is because I see so many people forfeiting the opportunity that's in front of them because they're waiting for a bigger opportunity to use their calling. Hmm. But they're not growing their gift and their ability with what's right in front of them. Very, very good. Very good. Well said. What's the outcome in someone's life when they get order wrong between their, their primary calling and their individual calling? So for example, let's just, let's just create a a scenario here that, that God has called someone, not just to build the church, which of course is, is there, but, but be a part of a specific church, a specific house in this season. Planted in the house of the Lord, Psalm 92, 13, they will flourish in the courts of our God. But then this person has an individual calling. And uh, what happens when we get the order inverse? You, you know, that that individual calling trumps yeah. other. What what effect have you seen that have on, on leaders' lives? I remember when we started our church 16 years ago, Elevation Church, I invited a guy and his wife, who's my my wife's roommate from college was her and her husband to join one of our information meetings before we started. He came to the very first information meeting. There's 23 people in the room and he's crying like big alligator tears. He had been a part of several churches and he sat at that meeting and he's just, he's like, this is what I've always wanted to be a part of. Week two, he shows up crying, not at the same level. Week three, no tears. Week four, he's not there. Eight years go, goes by. I finally hear from the guy and I'm mm. like, why didn't you come back? He never called. He never returned my calls. I was like, why didn't you show up? He goes, well, when I heard you weren't going to have the youth ministry, I know that I needed to go somewhere else. But when I talked Mm. to him at that point, eight years later, he was in his fourth church in his fourth different youth, youth pastor role. His wife didn't want to go to church anymore. And his kids said, dad, you're in this thing all on your own because he was running after his individual thing and not the kingdom thing. Yep. And through tears, he's telling me, I walked away from one of the greatest opportunities because I thought I just wanted this job. Hmm. But for him, he didn't discover it until looking back on it. But all of us are going to get the order wrong. So I've kind of decided in my life, I'm not going to make dumb statements like I'm never going to take my wife for granted again because I will. But when I, but when, because when I make the statement, I'll never take her for granted again. What's the feeling that comes the first time I take her for granted again? Shame. We store up shame by making dumb statements. I'm never going to get the order wrong again. Yes, you are. Mm. So rather than storing up shame, say, I will get the order wrong. And Lord, Holy Spirit, when you show me, I promise I will respond in a way that gives you glory. I promise I'll confess it. Like, that's maturing. That's great. Faith, I think. That's great. And I, I think what I wanted to go on the record to today and say, I, I could spend the whole episode just on this point, but I just wanted to go on the record and say, Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 10, which by the way, was a day where his disciples were given authority, a greater authority in, in ministry where they were about to be sent out. So I kind of view it as like a leading second day, you know, Matthew chapter 10. And at the very end, Jesus starts to say, 
Um, whoever finds their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. I think some of the greatest words in all scripture right there. And yet I know those are some of the hardest words to live because, you know, a couple decades on in ministry, I've had days where it felt like I was never, I was so busy doing the ministry of the house and the church. I was never going to get around to the thing God had put in my heart. You know, those days where you feel like you'd die a thousand deaths. There was one day, um, I don't know if I've ever told her this actually, uh, but this would be a fun story to tell my pastor's wife, Sheila sometime, maybe she'll hear it on here actually. Um, but I had, I, I was sitting on a dream that I had since I was 20 to work with pastors and, um, to do that. But, but this, the, the climate at the time, this is about a year or two before I started, uh, the climate at the time just wasn't right. And, and she was walking through the office one day frustrated and referencing this, she was like, no one, no one in our church is ever going to do that. Like ever going to, you know, and she was referencing this kind of a role and she was just frustrated one day. She was, she was speaking truth, but, but she was speaking out of her frustration that day. And I remember thinking to myself silently that just killed my dream. You know, I, I, because I will only do things that, that, that would be in alignment with my pastors. And I actually remember thinking, well, God, if you want to do this, you're going to have to resurrect it by your power. Cause it looks like that's not in alignment with where my pastors want to go. And it was just maybe a year or so later where actually God supernaturally allowed us to flow in that. And today I enjoy high levels of trust and alignment with my pastors in this, but, but, but there was like a death before that. And I, I think, I think sometimes we get off track when, when, when the individual calling has to go second for the picture of the house and the big thing that we're a part of, I don't know if you'd want to speak back to that at all, but to me that, 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 that's, that's the hard part, but, but at, at the same time, it's the beautiful part because of what God can bring from that. Totally. Cause when we frame blessings, we always see it with us consuming it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the blessing is supposed to be experienced in my life in seed form so that my children will be able to eat the fruit. There you go. There you go. But if I get, if I'm not faithful with the seed, because all I want is the fruit, I never let it die in the soil because mm. I want to enjoy mm. it. For maybe just maybe every blessing isn't about me, mm. but when most of my prayers end with me getting something, I've got a really shallow faith. Mm. And I wonder how much we perpetuate in that society where we create kind of a Burger King says, get it your way right away. And, <laughs> but the whole idea of, of wow. the, the theology of suffering or to sacrifice, those aren't sexy words, but they sure do produce fruit in our life. But that's right. That's everything right. of substance will always be born out of struggle. Mm. We want the substance but we want to circumvent the struggle. Mm. All of us know that, man, anything that God has produced in our life has always gone through seasons of struggle. Yeah. Well said. Well said, my friend. Well, since this is episode 100, I didn't want to have this conversation alone. And um, I got a wild hair the other day and I thought, you know what? We're going to have a great conversation. And I know there are people that have better questions even than me about this. So I gathered up today a few um, great executive level pastors who represent really um, this growing, thriving, leading second community everywhere around North America. Um, but I brought some, some of them have been on here before, some not, but I wanted to bring some friends together to help uh, keep help asking you some great questions. So uh, I have some good friends with me and I want to start with Josiah. Why don't you introduce yourself and say what's up to everybody? How's everyone doing? Hey, hey. So, yeah, I've been serving now on staff at Storyside Church in Belleville, Ohio, which nobody knows where Belleville is. So I always say it's uh, it's by Columbus. It's 50 minutes from Columbus. So like, OK, like it's in that area. Uh, but I've been serving on staff for six years um, underneath the vision and leadership of pastors Micah and Angel Pelkey. And it's been it's been great. It's been a lot of learning. Uh, I've been in full time ministry now for close to 10 years. And it has been such a great season with them. They're phenomenal leaders. I've learned a lot, um, a lot by trial and error. 
even under their leadership. And it's just been a great journey. I'm excited to be here today. We love you. We love your house. I love uh, your heart. Just I have for ministry and for your pastors. It's it's truly exemplary. So thank you for all that you do. And I'm just going to go right down the freeway, actually, to Columbus, Ohio, uh, to my friend Tracy Keen. Uh, welcome to the podcast today. Glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? So I am um, Tracy Keen, and I am the operations pastor at Strong Point Church in Columbus, Ohio. So Pastor Josiah, I am one of the people who actually does know where Belleville, Ohio is. <laughs> <laughs> she does. We love the Keens. <laughs> yes. And we love your pastors, um, good friends of ours. And um, I serve under the leadership of my husband, Pastor Lonnie Keene. And he is a phenomenal pastor, truly has the heart of a shepherd, and um, really wants to see transformation take place in people's lives. And so it's an honor and a privilege to serve alongside of him to move church forward. Yeah, you have a beautiful heart, a beautiful church, and I I think you have to be like our greatest podcast listener too. By the way, you you are like at least my greatest encourager in this space. I hear from you all the time, all the things you'd change, all the things could be better. No, I'm I'm joking, I'm joking, uh, but you you are such a great source of encouragement to us. Uh, thank you so much, Tracy. We love, love you. Tribe. I love this tribe. I, I know you do. Okay, Kelly Goff, welcome back. Uh, I think you've been on this space with us before. Glad to have you back. Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, hey, I, I love leading second. I, it is an honor to, I'll always say yes, you know that. Like, I'll always, whatever it, it is, I'll always say yes. Um, I am a location pastor at the Rock Church in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I get to serve under, I know everybody says their pastors are the best, but my pastors are the best. Um, you should feel that way, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, pastors Kevin and Melissa Goff. Uh, so full-time ministry with them uh, for 13 years and um, nowhere else I'd rather be doing this with, with anybody else. So it's an honor and a privilege to build the church with them. Awesome. So glad to have you. And then last but not least, Dylan Ritchie. Say what's up. Hey, how are you guys? My name is Dylan Ritchie. I'm the ministry director down here at Coast Life Church in sunny Venice, Florida. I get the privilege to serve under our pastors, Pastor Jason and Heidi Warman. I've been on staff for about two and a half years now, um, leading our serve teams, our groups, ministry, outreach, missions, all that stuff. Uh, love connecting people, love serving people. So uh, just love what I get to do and grateful to be on the call today. Here's why I wanted to have you all on the call is you represent what is a growing community and there is so much brilliance in second chair leaders. And I, I, I think one of the reasons I wanted to start this, this space was to pull that brilliance out. And, and so thank you guys for being here. Help me pull some gold out of pastor Larry help me ask some great questions that we could wrestle through for a couple of minutes here. I'm going to go to Kelly first. Uh, Kelly had a great question that you, that you sent him? Um, yeah, Pastor Larry, you kind of touched on this a little bit already, um, but if you could even dig even further into it, the difference, uh, speak to the difference between a calling and a gift or a talent in a person and maybe the dangers that happen when those two things aren't um, distinguished as two different types of things. Yeah, I, I love it. I love the question. Um, we all take a probably theological belief that God is the one who gives gifts. And, you know, I can't necessarily choose the gifts I've been given. I can either embrace them or I can I cannot utilize them. And so that God gives us the gifts. But I think what we do with the abilities we have is really our gift back to God. And so when we consider like the parable of the talents, one's given five and then two and one, we always read that in terms of it's fixed. And we teach it very narrow, like, are you a five, are you a two, or are you a one? But who's to say that the person that's the five didn't start as a half? And they grew their ability. Because, because what you pull from that story is accountability and responsibility. They went at once. They were responsible. How do you grow your ability? It's the responsibility. You get given this task, you do it immediately. Oh, you're faithful with that. Let me give you a little bit more. And you grow your ability, the accountability. He, he stood before the master. What did you do with what was entrusted to you? 
the person with the one just gave lots of excuses behind it. So I got to trust that God gives gifts. Some are given for season, some are given for life. That's his job. But my job is to grow the ability that's in front of me with what I've been entrusted with. I mean, you shared earlier, Kelly, you started in, in, in children's ministry. Yeah. And now you're leading an entire location because you took the ability of what you were entrusted with and you multiplied it and you brought it back. And they said, wow, we can trust Kelly. We're going to give her more authority because you're going to grow your ability. You grow your ability and you grow your ability. And so the crazy part about that par parable is the master looked at the person with the five and he says, you've been faithful with a few things. We always look at like, once you get to five, then you arrive. But the master said, that's a few. What we're calling a lot, the master calls a few. But I think what we can focus on is like, what's the thing that's been entrusted to my care? Here's what we'll often do is we won't be faithful with what our leaders put in our hand because we're waiting for an opportunity to really show our gifts. And we don't grow okay. the abilities that God's given us because we're waiting for an opportunity. So good. Well said. Well, Kelly, I'm going to guess like that's the, like your story of faithfulness. I'm going to guess that's exactly what you did. You're like, all right, that's what you're going to give me. And I'm going to do the best I can with it. I mean, that's probably the pattern of your life, hasn't it been? Yeah, I mean, it really has been. When I came on staff, uh, I had been serving in a youth ministry uh, before I moved to Phoenix, and I I was like, I'm going to be in youth forever. Like, and then uh, when I came on staff, and my senior pastor was like, So, what do you think about children's ministry? I'm not gonna lie, my first response on the inside was like, What? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah. But um, I made a promise to God that I'd always say yes, you know, and so I, I said yes. And then everything else that came after that, I just said, yeah, I might not know how to do that, but I'll figure it out. Like, yes, just keep saying yes. And, and if you would have been closed handed with that, Kelly, you would have missed a blessing mm -hmm. because it came wrapped in something that didn't look like a present you would have picked. Yeah, so true. But you were open handed. And you said, Lord, I'll trust you with it. And if this is what my leader needs me to do, I'm going to be faithful with it. Or do we have conditional calling that just picks the things that line up with what we want, or what we always thought we'd be? So thank you for displaying a faith that's not just a conditional calling. Right. I love the idea, too, of just saying yes. I If it's, with, if it's within your primary calling... I, I love, we, we could do a whole episode just on that, on just, just saying yes. Unless it's illegal, immoral, and unethical, the answer is always yes. Now, right. what's the question? Like, <laughs> or are you the kind of person that your pastor has to think about what they'd asked you to do? Because they realize you might say no to it based upon the conditions of it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm here to direct traffic today. And... I could talk to Kelly all day, but we're going to Dylan now. Um, and Dylan, you had a great question for us uh, or for LB. First of all, Pastor Larry, what an honor to be able to get to talk to you, ask some questions today. Um, so we're talking about this whole idea of development. Um, as someone who's been a part of the launch team at Elevation, I mean, 15 years of just incredible world-class ministry that we all look up to. Um, my question for you is, how have you been able to consistently scale up both personally and as an organization? Yeah, Dylan, one, thank you for your faithfulness in serving your pastor so well. Man, I honor you uh, with what you do. And I, I love the question about development. We take very much a, a development on demand. I think a lot of times people think development is more of like a bunch of classes they take, which is a form of it. But we've always taken this idea of the greatest development we could take somebody through is to give you an opportunity and then coach you heavy. So here you go, Dylan, I'm going to have you do this. And now what you do with it. And now I coach you heavy. Do you put in the, to place the feedback? Do you let me speak into those spaces of your life? And it's very much a development on demand. And it kind of relates into Kelly's question about growing your ability. And I'm always looking for people that have more passion than pedigree. Mm. I, I, I'm looking for people who just want, like, just give me anything and I'll be faithful with whatever you give me. And they're able to multiply whatever they're given, but then you can coach them in a way of, of getting them to rise up. Because, I mean, everybody looks at my ministry that I'm a part of today with Pastor Stephen and like sees the global scale of it. 
But we started with eight families that could fit in a suburban and we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and now it's easy for everybody to look and say, wow, if I could just have like an LB or a Chunks Corbett or CFO, one of the smartest guys, I know one of our team, they're like, boy, if I could have like an LB or Chunks and pastor would be like, guys, they didn't come like that. There was some assembly required. Like, <laughs> and so I think the development is the opportunity and the struggle that's in front of you. How do you respond to it? How do you see it? And how do you let your pastor coach you through those things? It's awesome. I love it. I, I remember Pastor Stevens talking about that one day. Your team doesn't come like that's on Amazon, you know, with with two day two day shipping or something, you know. Yes, some assembly required. <laughs> some assembly required. <laughs> great question. But we can be in a place in our ministry that we're looking for. Let me find a great leader and place them in my organization, hmm. versus raise somebody up and release them into the organization. And I'm seeing a lot of struggle because we're finding people that we look good but they don't have our spirit and we place them in a role. And now that thing gets divorced from the vision of the house because they're not raised up in it. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm going to go to Tracy now because Tracy has a great, great question that goes along with this on, on developing calling. And, and I think, I think facilitating some of this, Tracy, why don't you love that one out? Yeah. So again, I'm just happy to be here. And um, LB, again, just an honor to be able to be a part of this conversation with you. I love you on the Leading Second um, podcast every time Brandon invites you when you say yes. So thank you for all the yeses that you've given to be a part of the Leading Second um, tribe and contributor. So I just wanted to know, what are some of the personal habits or boundaries or guardrails that, um, that you've established to discipline yourself to cultivate your calling. Yeah. Tracy, you need to start an app. Like, like you would call it in encouragement from Tracy. I think it would be so good. Like, I, I love you. You're yes. amazing. Like you just need to like, yes, people can subscribe to it and they get personal like encouragement from Tracy. Who wouldn't want to wake up to you like encouraging them every day? Like I second, I second this idea right now. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but, but, but I love your question. It's, it's, it's a little bit of like personal disciplines is, is kind of what I'm hearing in there. And I, I think it's, it's easy to focus on like the personal disciplines of, um, you know, the Bible and prayer, and those are wonderful disciplines. But what I'm realizing that if my discipline is in just an activity, I can settle for checking the box. So for me, what I'm where I'm the healthiest, and I don't always do this, Tracy, but if I focus on what should the discipline produce in my life? So if I am expressing gratitude, if I am living in confession and repentance, then I know I'm in a healthy place. So I'm glad I'm reading the Bible, but if it's not producing the fruit of repentance and confession in my life, I know it's now just I'm a clanging gong or a symbol. And I'm just producing the behavior. So for me, I'm more of trying to discover the beliefs it should produce, not the behaviors I should have. Because it's really easy for me in my obsessive, compulsive, driven kind of nature to just have a series of boxes that I check to say, I did it, I did it, I did it. So if, if I know I'm healthy, if I'm seeing the fruit of gratitude, so three big ones I focus on in this season is gratitude. Am I not just writing letters to people I love, but am I sharing the words of gratitude to my kids? Am I speaking gratitude for the relationships that are closest to me? In my confession, am I willing to confess before God? Am I willing to be quick to repent to other people? And so whether I'm trying to live in the discipline of, of exercise or, or emotional health, to me, if, if they're not producing those behaviors, something's wrong in my life. I don't know if that answers your question, Tracy, but that's what I'm trying to focus on. No, no, that was, that was helpful. I appreciate that. And I like it because I can also be the person that can get caught up in checking the boxes. Totally. And yeah. So I like what you said, the, the behaviors versus just the belief system. So thank you for that response. And if I could even connect it a little bit deeper, because I know that I'm not healthy in those spaces where I'm pointing out other people's behaviors without discovering their beliefs. 
I'll see it manifest, especially with my kids. If I'm just using language of quit, don't stop. I'm trying to modify their behavior so they don't frustrate me versus timeout. My job is to shape their character, not change their behavior. But when I'm driven by checking the box, I don't want to discover their belief systems. I simply want to change their behaviors. So personally, if I'm letting the Holy Spirit do the deep work in me of understanding my beliefs, I'm more likely to do that with the relationships that are closest to me. So when I see me not giving that to the people around me, and the big indication is if I'm stuck on behaviors, I'm not healthy with myself. That's an outward flow of what God's doing inward within me. You know, you, you just gave me some really great parent wisdom, by the way, but I, I, you, you got us to this idea that, that so many have made the gospel about behavior modification rather than heart transformation. And that was a big light bulb for me a few years ago in ministry that, that there is, there is provision through the finished work of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. Like there's provision for the, for the place that I mess up and, and the, the, the behavior that I get wrong. And, but in every bit of grace he gives me, it's like, he's giving me another go around. Why? Just because he has grace. No, no, he, he he's wanting to do a new work in me. He's actually looking for my heart. He's looking for heart transformation. And I think as long as we keep a soft heart, you know, toward Christ, it's like, it's, he just has unending grace for us, you know, in, in those, in those moments. And so th- th- thank you for, thank you for that. I think that is a beautiful piece of wisdom that, that I don't think it's shouted loud enough in, in the church sometimes. Um, if you're not smelling it, selling it, or I'm sorry, if you're not smoking it, you shouldn't be selling it. That's right. If, if, if I'm walking in relationship with the person of God in the Holy spirit living inside of me, the evidence should be receiving grace, but it's demonstrated yep. by my ability to give grace. Hey, by the way, speaking of, of smoking it, um, you're an avid trigger uh, user. And so some, one of these days I'm going to do a whole podcast with you just on smoking it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's smoke it. <laughs> Let's smoke it. I just got some wisdom from you on that. Um, before we started recording today that I'm excited about. Um, Hey, Josiah land the plane with us today. You had a great question, not an easy one. Um, but a great question for us to wrestle through in our final minutes here. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, uh, hung up on smoke it um <laughs> sorry sorry i just massively derailed the whole conversation uh, context, there. Context. <laughs> context is good that's good that's good um uh really honored to get to ask this question honored to be with you uh, pastor larry and uh i just had this question um you know i've been, been in ministry for i've been in ministry for 10 years and one of the things i've noticed that has been very prevalent especially in younger leaders is the unwillingness to be positioned. And when I say to be positioned, meaning that even you referenced it earlier, that there is this kind of like, there's my calling and there's the vision of the church. But as long as my calling is on, is it, as long as that's priority, we're good. And, and I, I've encountered many leaders. In fact, we've had leaders leave the church that they are wanting to have a fulfilled, fully developed calling without being willing to be positioned. So my question would be, what would you tell many leaders that want that fully realized calling, but they're not willing uh, or maybe even willing to, to struggle? Cause there's, there's a struggle to it. There's a refining process to it. Um, what would you say to them that like, listen, it's good for you to be positioned, but for that healthy refinement to fulfill that calling. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a friend of mine, um, Josiah, she, she won Olympic gold medal and um, in wrestling. And she says this, she goes, everybody wants the gold, but nobody wants the grind. And she said, for four years, I ate four ounces of chicken and broccoli, three meals a day. I had no chocolate. I had no ice cream. And the night she won the gold medal, she had chocolate and ice cream, all she wanted. <laughs> but it's easy to theorize if I want to be used mightily by God but it's demonstrated in my life to be willing to be wounded greatly by God. And there is a suffering that one must go through, but all of us know that whatever struggle we're going through, 
Were we to measure that, what our Savior did on the cross, there is no comparison. Whatever inconvenience we're going through, it's not even, we can't even call it a struggle compared to what Christ went through. But to deny, you can't live for a vision if you don't die to yourself. So, Josiah, do you have any kids? I do. I had two daughters, a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh, man, I love it. I've got four (laughs) kids. I'm in trouble. Yes, I've got three girls, so I know your pain. Oh, but if I ask all the dads, how many of you would take a bullet for your kids? Every dad would be like, I would die for my kids. Of course. Let me, let me ask you a different question. How many of you guys would live for your kids? Meaning mm. to die to yourself. Mm. Wow. One is an event. One is a lifestyle. What we talk about when we run after Christ is not an event. It is a lifestyle. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up the cross daily, and follow me. There's a daily dying to ourself so right, that right. we can live for the gospel. And at some point, people don't walk away because they don't care. I really believe it's they just don't know how to carry it anymore. Wow. I don't know how to handle the struggle and the stuff that's going on within me. And when I talk to young leaders like that, I really want to look at their leaders and say, hey, can I coach you better on how to speak into that person's life? And so, so many times I'll look at my kids and say, just change your behavior to go back to the earlier question. But to really be a parent and a father is to understand the dynamics my kids are going through and meet them where they're at and walk them to where we want to be. Too often in leadership, we just point them where they should be and make them feel guilty they're not there. Hmm. Really good. And so we've got an obligation to, to, to meet people. So simple analogy. Let's take a, let's take a volunteer who's on an usher team. That's constantly late for serving at church. Guess what? They're late everywhere. They're late for dinner. They're late for work <laughs> and they're late for their kids' baseball game. Okay. Cause life yeah. is a lived in a vacuum. So that, that kid, so the seven-year-old that's going to the plate to, to bat at the baseball game, who are they looking for in the stands? Dad. Yeah. How many at-bats does it take before they stop looking? I care more about that than them showing up on Sunday. But what happens on Sunday is like, hey, Josiah, why are you late again? Guess what? They feel like a failure at home, feel like a failure at work, feel like a failure is in it. And great, thank you. I suck at church too. Hmm. Who's going to be the one that would say, Josiah, I love you. I know you to be a man of integrity and character. But I'm seeing behavior that's inconsistent with who I know you to be. What's going on? People are going to be blessed today. And I don't want you to miss out on receiving a blessing. But how are you doing? What's happening? That's good. Who's going to be the leader that creates that space rather than simply pointing out their behavior? You're late. Guess what? They'll be next week, too. So we've got an obligation as a parent. And I think. All of us would do better in staffing roles like we are to really examine how do we see ourselves. If I if I don't see myself as their parent, I'm not I'm just going to have a conversation with them. But if I see myself as their parent, I'm going to work through relationship. It's different. Oh. Wow. Beautifully, beautifully said. Larry, I appreciate your voice. You just gave us a master class on uh healthy confrontation. I don't even think I'd call it confrontation, but coaching and and calling people higher. I I think, I think that was, that was worth the whole thing for me today. Thank you so much. You who are spiritual, you see your brother caught in sin, restore them gently. The idea behind the conversation is not identification. It's restoration. It always has been. That's right. That's right. This has been really rich today. Um, Really, really beautiful. I think Tracy and I were just talking the other night and we were t- saying, I need to shorten up the episodes. And I just think it's an impossible thing. I'm never going to be able to do it, Tracy. I'm so sorry. We're, this is never going to be 25 minutes. Uh, <laughs> no apology. So, so, so someone's just going to have to listen. I, I'm here for it. I am here for it. Every ounce of this master class and all the other ones, I'm here for it. So someone's just gonna have to listen in two commutes, not one, I guess. Uh, so, hey, uh, Larry, this has been really rich. I'm gonna give you the the last word on this question, and I want to ask you just to minister 
to the heart of the person who's still listening. If they're still here, they need to hear this right now. Um, and that would be this thought, maybe just speak directly to the heart of the person who's discontent in their calling right now. They're there for, for, for whatever reason they're there. What would you say to that person right now? Yeah, there's, there's space at the cross for all of your disappointment. There's there, all of that can be received at the, at the foot of Jesus. Your, your humanity does not put aside his glory. Those can exist in that unique space called your life. Mm-hmm. And you're in a season that let's 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 zoom out a little bit. We've all went through a global pandemic that the rules for how we do life are completely removed. They're changed, and we're playing a completely different sport. And of all us, all of us have lived in a season that we wonder. I don't even know if I'm winning. How do I know if I'm doing a good job? Because all the metrics I would have used previous to COVID have been erased. So I'm living in a season where like, man, I don't know if I'm winning. I don't know if I'm doing a good job. And now it leads to this anxiety and this uncertainty. And I had a friend ask the other day, so what do you do with leaders that are MIA? And I said back, I said, maybe they're missing in anxiety. Mm. They're not missing in action. They're so Mm. overwhelmed with life that they don't even know how to get started. And so for you that are sitting in that space and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're exhausted, know that God's grace is available to you, not just the people you want to minister to, but to you. He wants you to eat it first before you feed everybody else. But in this season, it's so important that you just make it available to God, but not just to him, but also to people. I would challenge anybody who's in that space, Brandon, to think right now, Holy Spirit, show them one person that they can invite into the struggle to be honest with and to carry the burden with them. Because when we all get overwhelmed, we often retreat to the echo chamber of our mind and the stuff bounces around there and nothing good grows in the dark. Some of us have been in the dark for too long, but the light of Christ is inviting us out of the cave just through a conversation to invite one person into it with them, Brendan. That's beautiful. Beautiful, my friend. Um, Well said. And for anyone listening today, I pray you receive it. I pray that the Holy Spirit helps you. Um, Thank you for everyone who's who's listening today for your faithfulness uh, to Christ and building his church. Um, We're all on here today just shouting a big amen around that and believing that as you stay faithful to Christ, you're going to see his goodness um, overwhelm you and his faithfulness. So Thank you, Larry. Thank you to my friends who popped on here today. So glad and and thankful for each of you. Hey, if you're listening to this space, I want to encourage you to hit the subscribe button. However, you're listening to this today, Um, plan to make us a part of your weekly routine. We release a new episode every Thursday morning and we would count it an honor to have a space in your life. So leading second, until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. God bless you. information, check out leadingsecond.com. Follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.